Welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void. For podcasts. That's right. It's episode 233. And we're going to be talking about a couple of 80s movies with monsters in them. Ooh. One Ooh. being Monster Dog from 1984 that has Alice Cooper as the fucking lead star. And... The Cellar from 1989. Which is from Vinegar Syndrome that they sent us out to review. So thank you, Vinegar Syndrome, for sending that out. Which, by the way... By the way... I had already previously bought this movie with the cover and everything. And when they sent that out to me, what I'm going to do is take my copy that I bought and actually give it away to one of you fine listeners. Now, you might have seen the post that I had up on social media where it was like, hey, got something special for you guys. Well, this is the special part. We're going to give that out to you guys who are the listeners. So if you've never signed up for the actual giveaway and emailer that we send out, it's at longlivethevoid.com. You go to the VIP club section and fill it out. It's also on the front, but either way, you fill out your information, what country you're from. And as long as you're within Canada and America, we will send one copy of the seller out to a lucky winner. It's free. You don't have to pay anything for you to sign up for this. We'll pick a lucky winner. We'll let you know on next week's episode. We didn't want to let everybody know on the internet to come and sign up so that it would be limited to those who've signed up in the past and those who are listening to this episode now. We will pick it before we actually record the episode for next Monday when we talk about something else. So as long as you got it in by Saturday at noon, PST... Yeah, golden. Actually, MST, I should say. Mountain Standard Time, because we don't have time change here. Yay! So, yeah. Hope that is something that you guys are looking forward to. If you uh, don't like the movie and you get picked anyway, maybe you know somebody that will. You can always write us back. We'll reach out to you first before we pick it. And then, uh, you know, maybe we'll contact you. So maybe have an in by Friday at midnight MST, because that way we can contact somebody early in the morning or late at night on Friday. So check your emails on Saturday morning at the very least or late, late, late Friday and uh, see if you want it. If you don't, We'll just give it to the next person and we'll draw a random winner from it. Sounds good, right? Yeah. We haven't done a giveaway right. in a little while, so right. we used to give out boxes of like movies all the time that we would get, you know, just collect from our own thing and, you know, find at Dollar Trees or something like that or find for cheap for like five, six, seven dollars or something. So mm-hmm. we just wanted to give back to you guys for listening. So thank you for listening and good luck to you all. 
So how have you been doing, Christina? What's going on with you? I'm good. We watched The Lady in the Water. Oh, yeah. We finally did. Which me and Christina have been back and forth about over the past however many years we've been together, right? Right. We've always mentioned it. Yeah, since always. It's so funny. Like, I was like, I actually thought it was an okay movie. And she's like, oh, it's garbage. I didn't say it was garbage. I didn't like it. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Didn't like it, never went back to it until now. I'd always thought like people didn't like it for the most part because it was the one of the only movies that he did that didn't have some like insane, crazy twist. You know, like everybody always thought about that at the time, you know. Right. It was more of a straightforward story that had a lot of like, you know, build up and tension. And it was like a fable. I say fable because there's a lot of animals in the movie that are mythical, mythical um, creatures and stuff. And they're not exactly human-like, but, you know, they're part of the story, so... And I just didn't like the story, because it was just right. too much. It was all I liked it. I thought it was great. I feel like it's a movie that, you know, for people who, you know, they don't, they kind of feel worthless, you know? Like, there's no point in their life, and they're just kind of going through the motions to either escape whatever happened to them in their past, or just try to survive. And these seemingly mundane people come together for a large purpose, and that's why I kind of like it. It's it's right. kind of a heartfelt movie, you know. So that's not going to be for everybody, especially yeah, sociopaths. That. Like, oh, shut up! I'm not. <laughs> Whatever. I'm kidding. It's boring. Whatever. You enjoy. I enjoyed it the second Thank time you. around, but still, those things irritated she me. She was laughing throughout the whole movie. Laughing. You were laughing and smiling. Well, they they had those little, you know, those little quirky jokes. That was funny. Yeah. With a what's his name, Paul. Uh, the main guy. Uh, I always, I don't know. She she gave it a five out of fucking ten. I was like, really? Even after yeah. you enjoying it for that hour and forty nine minutes, I don't know. I think it's better than that. I think it's at least a seven. Right. <laughs> you well, know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's because you're terrible. You're <laughs> a bad human being. I'm glad to be reviewing <laughs> movies with you. Well, it's it funny because good. I literally at the time when that movie came out, I was so done with M Night Shyamalan. It was like a joke to me, and I just was like, fuck this, because like, the village pissed me off i don't know why it just mm-hmm. did it just bothered me or whatever i'm like okay we get it you know like <laughs> it's a cool twist i get it like i don't know it just kind of bothered me and then that was the one movie that i was like okay maybe he's not so bad mm-hmm. you know so it's kind of the one it's the one that everybody hates him for but but i found some sort of thing in it so i guess i'm not alone either because mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying they liked it so i don't know whatever if you don't like the movie you're a sociopath that's what i'm trying to say thanks <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so what else are we up to? What are we doing? Not much. Yeah, we, we got some new working. shows coming that we're thinking about doing. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to. They got robots. What is it called? The the animated thing that they did on Netflix that I really liked last time that made me think of like, oh, they should make video games out of all these movies. Mm-hmm. There were like little shorts, animated shorts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I never watched it. That's robots, something and machines or death. Robots and chickens. It's like robots, Rainbows. death and love or something like that. Oh. I can't remember. <laughs> but season two is coming out. And I'm actually looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So... And I'm going to be doing some uh, YouTube videos for a couple of movies that are stragglers uh, in the horror scene right now that maybe you guys haven't heard of. Because right now it's been a little dry. And we mm-hmm. got some big stuff coming. Ooh, The Conjuring's coming. The Conjuring's coming. We got some, oh, uh, Benny Loves You I really want to see. Oh, I want to do a review spiral. of that. Spiral. 
Spiral. Skirt. Isn't Scream oh, coming too? Oh, it's... You mean Saw. Saw, yeah. And then isn't Scream? Is Scream? Yeah, we don't know when that's coming. Oh, okay. So... I forgot. We'll see how that goes. I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Scream, and neither is... Well, Christina is more probably than I am, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like the series. I like it. A lot of people get upset with me about that, and I'm not... It's not that I'm like, I hate on it or anything. Right, I think you just haven't seen it in such a long time. That you really need to... I think I rewatched them when Scream 4 came out, and that was the last time. And what year was that? Jesus. I don't know. That, that was, was like... That wasn't that long ago. I think it was in the 2000s. It's been 10 years. <laughs> at least. But still, I'm just saying, you know, like, I don't know. We'll watch them back to back. We'll put them in order at some point. When we find out when the movie's coming out, we'll definitely do that as a one or two part episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then be ready for the scream thing. So, because I'll want to get into depth about that one. Right. Probably more than I would on a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse All right, guys. So today we decided to pick the seller. That's right. For our horror shot for this week. Uh, both of them kind of had elements that we were kind of interested in doing. Right. For the shot. Yeah. We were like kind of up in the air about what, <laughs> what we would do, you know, um, but this one is the winner, and we did it for the seller because there was all this like green bubbling shit that came out of the ground in the mm-hmm. movie The Cellar because they pulled a fucking spear out of the ground with rabbit's feet and it caused some sort of evil to bubble, a bubbling crude in the area of Tucson, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I can't wait to hear. Yeah, so we decided to pick this, and it's called The Soul Sucker Shot. A soul sucker. Soul sucker. Yeah. So we we themed it around trying to be the sort of the same color as the putridy color that I came think out. We, I think I did pretty good. Yeah, it's not exact, guys, but fuck you. Come on. Do you fucking make horse shots every fucking week? I don't think so. <laughs> so what I did is I used uh one third of Bailey's first. Okay. On the bottom. Okay. Right. On the bottom. And then I used one third of creme de menthe. Creme de menthe. Oh, sorry. Creme de menthe. <laughs> Jesus. And then I topped it off with 99 apple. Yeah. Which is going to make it separate a little bit. So I wouldn't let it sit for too, too long. <laughs> yeah. Like we did. <laughs> yeah. Because that's 99% alcohol by volume. Right. So let's. Cheers. Let's suck this soul. Let's suck some souls, baby. Mmm. Wow. That's it. A- weird party it's weird it's good and it's bad i don't i don't know but it definitely tastes like an infant (laughs) you know what they taste like well they're souls anyway (laughs) because that's what this creature does it sucks the souls of infants be it child be it fucking animal kittens it turns them into bones turns them into fucking bones clean picked Okay, this one is not good. <laughs> I don't think it's that ooh, bad. It has like a. After. We've had way worse. We've had worse, but ooh. yeah, that's... admit maybe I should atone, not you so much. Yeah, maybe that's okay. It tastes all right. Okay. I mean, it's a bubbling crew that came out of the ground. That's part evil. It's gonna bubble in my. Of butt. course, it's gonna be evil shot. Right. And I mean, think about it. Think about it. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you would like to try a soul sucker and maybe don't drink these around your kids, or infants, or small animals, by the way, because it could suck their fucking skin off their bones. Suck their soul. <laughs> because apparently your soul is your flesh. 
<laughs> and if you start seeing bubbling outside of the ground, make sure you stuff a spear with uh, some rabbit's feet on the end. There you go. And you'll be good. But if you're looking for the ingredients for the shot, however, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. It's the fucking flesh and potatoes that you've come for with Monster Dog from 1984 with Alice Cooper singing, See me in the mirror, the man in the mirror. Oh my God, the worst song. And I, oh God, I got to sit here for the next half an hour and listen to this shit. And we also have The Cellar from 1989. So we're going to go ahead and do that right now. All right, so Christina did the work on Monster Dog, so she's going to butcher this. I'm kidding. No. She's very not. <laughs> A lot of Italian names, so. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll help me. You'll help me. I know. I always do. All right. A rock star returns to his childhood home to shoot a music video while a pack of wild dogs are on the loose killing off the local residents. No. Tagline. Unleashing a new dimension of terror. A new dimension of terror. <laughs> I don't know about dimension. I know that's a dimension. That seems I like, like they took it- that from. I mean, this is. And we were talking about Italian cinema here. First of all, oh. they tend to borrow quite a bit. Okay. So a that's- new dimension of terror was like used in something else, and I can't remember. It's a famous, famous big movie. Oh, okay. So someone will tell us. Yeah. This was written and directed by Claudio Fagrasso. Fragasso. Fagrasso. Fragasso. Fagrasso. Yeah, you got it. I didn't cut this at all. She did it right the first time, by the way. <laughs> You're being a jerk. <laughs> you might know him from his smash hit, Troll 2. <laughs> well, it seems to have become. Right. Uh, he's also done Rats, Night of Terror from 1984. It's a good one. Zombie 3, Strike Commando 2 from 1988, After Dark, Beyond Dark. After Death. After Death, Beyond Darkness. Night Killer from 1990. One of my favorites. <laughs> he was also the writer of uh, Shock, Shocking Dark from 1989, Robo War, Hell of the Living Dead from 1980. Yeah. He's, and he's done pretty much all of these, like, second unit, uncredited. He right. got a lot of uncredited credits. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And coming in 2022, Karate Man. Karate Man. Karate Man. Karate. I like saying te. <laughs> Karate Man. <laughs> Also, un- the uncredited writer on this is his wife. Rose- she, yeah. She's like his partner. Right. They pretty much do everything, everything together. Everything together, yeah. yeah. And her name's uh, Rosella Drudy. But yeah, yeah they, they've, they've worked done, on like, everything. everything. <laughs> She's pretty much like a director in some ways. Like, he he and her have always been together. Right. And they're in every and we've, interview we've, and We've everything. talked about both of them, like, on so many other podcasts. One thing I love about Claudio Fragasso is that he is... Regardless if you like him for the things that he's done, whether artistically or (laughs) morally, (laughs) he is honest as shit about every fucking thing that he says about himself and other people. Uh Uh-huh. For the most part, it seems. Mm -hmm. So, 
All right, obviously starring Alice Cooper. He plays Vincent Raven. <laughs> and his actual birth name is Vincent Damon Fur Ferner. Which they didn't even mention in the uh, extras. Oh, I just caught that from IMDb because I thought it was interesting. I didn't know his name was Vincent. The reason they named him Vincent was somebody in her family was named Vincent. That that was in war or something like that. And she wanted to have some sort of familiarity with (gasps) the character. But she didn't, he didn't, I don't think he told her that his name was really Vincent. Oh, that's interesting. interesting, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Of course, he's played himself like a in a bunch of movies like Wayne's World, Dark Shadows, the Tim Burton movie, and like numerous guest spots at like as himself. But he has acted mm-hmm. not as himself um, in movies such as Prince of Darkness. Which Man- is a big one, I think, for him. Yeah, totally. Because he, he, he was really creepy in that movie. Mm-hmm. He was also in Sextet from 1977, and he was in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band from 1978. Oh, and The Attic... Expeditions, yeah. Expeditions, yeah, from 2001. And then some of the other actors are from Spain, uh, like uh, Victoria Vera, Vera, who plays Sandra. She's done lots of uh, TV shows in the 90s. She was in a movie called uh, Man of Passion from 1989, a movie called Harassed, and My Husband Prefers Virgins from 1975. (laughs) Sounds classy. Yeah. She was a big actress in Spain. You're right about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol James, who plays Angela, she was in Rest in Pieces from 1987. Another Vinegar Syndrome release that yep. just came out. Yep. Uh, the Sea Serpent from 1985 and Pulse Beat from 1985 also. Nice. I think Pulse Beat, part. we might have seen. Oh, I don't know. It's got a couple of different names. But anyway. Okay. Ricardo Palacios, who plays the sheriff. He was in Dollar of the Dead, a TV movie from 1998. Hot Blood from 1989. Return of the Musketeers, the one from 1989, A Black Venus, and Night of the Werewolf from 1981. And Alex, what did you think of this movie? Monster Dog. Monster. From 1984. Which movie? What are we doing? Monster Dog. We're doing Monster Dog. Oh, we're on the podcast. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we're in front of microphones. Oh, okay. I just do this all the time. (laughs) This is a, a movie that I had a much higher hopes for than it delivered, but... It's still one that I'm glad I own, you know, based on the fact that it's a Claudio Fragasso film, which I collect and admire. I've grown to admire him a lot more over the years. There's something about Italian cinema, regardless of the best or the worst, that I just love. Like, I think about when I think about just popping in a movie, I usually, for some reason, always end up grabbing something from the Italian variety. I'm like, oh, you know what? This is just fun. You know, you just don't get that that ride from these kind of films. And this one isn't a great one example of that. But he is one of those directors that I like. Plus, you got Alice Cooper in it, which is, you know, his first role, I think, that he ever did in any movie. And there's some significance behind this because of his history. He was going through a lot of drug and alcohol problems at this time and this was like his way of unleashing the beast on the screen mm-hmm. so that he could get it out of his system because you know that's some pretty heavy shit to go through you know when you've relied on it pretty much your entire career right this isn't like i said like one of his best films or for best films it's not the best film in general honestly like it has a long long gap of waning interest in the middle of this movie and the deaths are few and far between but there is some creature effects, which I liked, even though it's very little that you get Limited. to see. Limited. Oh, my God. Like, we're, we're talking, like, three seconds on the screen. Oh, what is that? Oh, I don't even know what I saw. 
<laughs> then, you know, the deaths are few and far between, but they're in there and they're pretty gory. So it does get there, mostly within the last 15 minutes of the film, mm-hmm. where we get more of the, you know, the lion's share of gore. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the movie spends a little too much time wandering around the story that really isn't that mysterious, if I'm being honest. Right. <laughs> it's just different. As this monster isn't necessarily a werewolf. It's literally just a dogman monster mm-hmm. that has been created through some blood problem, <laughs> some blood disease. Plus, there are plenty of warning signs in the beginning of this movie for most, you know, horror tropic films uh, telling these rock star and video music maker crew that they shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And of course, they don't listen because they're fucking idiots mm-hmm. and they plow through it no matter what. Even after seeing the monster dog on the road before they even get to their destination. Right. Literally up close and ready to kill them. But, you know, if they didn't go to the place, then it wouldn't be much of a story. Mm -hmm. So I know. Calm down, guys. You don't have to freak (laughs) out. The first act flowed pretty well for this movie. And I remember saying out loud, hey, I actually am kind of getting into this. This has got a good uh, pace. You know, it's like building kind of interesting. And I'm like curious as to what's going to happen. They kick off the whole movie with a fucking, was it a music video right off the bat? Right. Them filming a... Two songs in this movie are made by Alice Cooper that were made in literally like days, Mm -hmm. by the way. You can kind of tell. Yeah. They were like, oh, hey, do you mind making a song for it? He was like, well, fuck, man. Mm -hmm. So he, he made it really quick. They're not, these aren't fucking Alice Cooper fucking slamming grades here guys this ain't no school's out full summer <laughs> this is more like fools around for the summer. <laughs> they're pretty bad i'm sorry i love you alice but i don't know there's just a lot of issues with this film you know the creature was falling apart i guess apparently before they got the movie started it literally they turned it on and did some animatronics with it and it just fell apart like instantly so they probably did what any other italian film would do and just made do with it and said fuck it mm-hmm. uh, because that's the italian spirit man it's like get it done fucking hard working guys that'll just do whatever it takes to get this shit done mm-hmm. i'd probably give this one a 4.5 out of 10 maybe and just an average score mm-hmm. you're being nice i think so i think 4.5 <laughs> is pretty spot on though i've seen way worse films like way worse but because it has alice cooper and it has all this history and there is a creature in it i give it some props because it, at least it tried you know mm-hmm. it's not going to appease people who aren't fond of the 80s and italian cinema to go back and check it out so if you're not one of those people then just forget it it's probably a two out of ten for you guys uh even those who are willing to go back for italian 80s and stuff like that are gonna have a tough time to swallow this pill but it it does have a piece of rock star history to it i'll pick it up and watch it occasionally i honestly preferred rats night's of terror more than this one and that movie supposedly inspired this one to happen by the same producer so mm-hmm. what about you christina oh it was a big old nope for me <laughs> it was i i am i'm excited to talk about it because it's it's an interesting film just for the alice cooper factor yeah. but the movie itself was very boring very boring the not as much as some howling movies thing. i've seen yeah i know but i'm not comparing it to other films i'm just Comparing this to me sitting down and watching it, okay? Oh. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, I did like the house. The house was super cool. The yeah. setup for the house was super cool. Mm-hmm. 
But the, so the dogs, the actual dogs, <laughs> they weren't really mean dogs. They weren't vicious, you know, oh. blood curdling dogs. They were fucking cute ass dogs. They were smiling. They were like happy to be running around. Yeah. And their little tongues are like flailing. Around. I mean, you you should have found some more vicious dogs. Like if you're gonna make a, like a killer dog. <laughs> Do you know how hard movie? it is to fucking direct <laughs> animals. By the way, I can't even imagine. But yeah, but come on, you could have gotten like um. Like those, what are those German dogs? Those what, scary ones? German Shepherds? Yeah, like a German Shepherd. Those are scary, they right? They had German Shepherds in there. Yeah, I know, but they were smiling. Like, they were cute. Huh. Usually they're not cute. And she's talking about the subplot of the movie where there was like rabid dogs like going around yeah, killing around people. around killing people. Which they could have really put their thumb on a lot they, more. They really could have. And because they, that would have added to the movie. And they really could have brought the monster more prominent. And they didn't. Yeah. And the kill scenes weren't that interesting whatsoever. I didn't like the ending. They were trying to do twisty, twisty shit. And it just wasn't pulling out for me. Sure. But I don't know. I don't really have anything too much to even say about the movie because, like, it was was just boring. There was a large chunk of boring in there. I mean, it definitely, like, there's some things in it that I liked, though, a lot. So it kind of pushes it up you, just a nudge. Do you think you know? it was just like a cash grab? Like, let's oh, we'll put Alice Cooper in this. We'll make us some no, money. No, they they uh they had thought of this idea ahead of time. Oh, long okay. before they knew who was going to be in the part. Oh, well, that sucks. I didn't like it. Yeah, Aww. it's just one of those times that you know it didn't work. You know, some right. movies just don't work, no matter how much you have this great concept or not. Right, but because of those reasons, two out of ten. Two out of ten. The only uh, amount I would be willing to go down to is four. There you go. That's the lowest I would go. Okay. Just because I've seen lots of worse films, even in Fulci's catalog, that are just boring, boring, boring. Right. There's lots of boring movies out there. Yeah. And this is one of them. <laughs> I don't know. The gore in this was like way better than I've seen in a lot of lower films. And like I said, I always use the, the howling metric. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with a monster dog film, come on, like you, you, you know. should make a graphic of this howling oh, metrics. Ah, uh, dude, of some of those movies, movies, Christina. I don't think you realize. <laughs> nope, I didn't just watch how them. Bad, some of those movies are. I don't need to watch it because you watched them. Oh. Some good things. Man, oh, that's like punishing, dude. <laughs> I've never wanted to turn off movies before like that bad. You know what I mean? Like that's how, that's when I go, okay, two or a one. You know what I mean? Right. When I'm like, please, please turn it off. Right. <laughs> so four is me being nice. Yes. But at least I didn't say turn it the fuck off. <laughs> anyway. I wanted it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a piece of shit. Well, we've already covered that, okay? (laughs) Lady in the Whining. Just kidding. (laughs) Trivia for this we do have. And if you don't want anything, of course, spoiled, there's going to be some stuff in here that will spoil your experience. If you'd like to watch the movie, it is up on Tubi for free with commercials, obviously, because that's Tubi's whole thing. Because it's free. Yeah, I mean... Nothing's free. Right, but I mean, when they (laughs) sometimes they pump a lot of commercials into some movies, and it's like, okay... Mind commercials. Uh, I mean, it depends but, how much time you got. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> you can watch it on Tubi if you want to check out Monster Dog from 1984. Check it out there. But otherwise, here is your warning before we get into spoilers. You should put in a commercial right here. <laughs>
So Alice Cooper, we mentioned that he had his alcoholic problems for his entire, you know, adult life. And he sort of developed a pretty bad habit of like cocaine and got into some heavier drugs and shit in the late 1970s. And his music career started to dwindle and his health was really jeopardized. So he had to quit. So he decided to get sober in 1983 and he wasn't sure what he was going to do with his future anymore, if he could even do the the music anymore or what he was going to do. And, and he was in his late 30s. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, I mean, he had a pretty, you know, he was like the kind of guy that he was a definitely a performer. He wasn't always the, you know, the good looking fucking rock star. You know, he was just a good performer. Which is exactly why you have to make a deal with the devil in <laughs> order to be successful. Well, he was asked to star in this sort of low-budget film that was like, they were like, yeah, it might get shown in the Philippines or something like that, but That's probably nowhere it. else. Yeah, he was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> like I said, he was just looking for some way to kind of unleash the fury of all that stress and tension of trying to get over this kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it, he said he really enjoyed the experience, you know, mm-hmm. even though they dubbed over his fucking voice in this movie. So weird. Which is really just an odd choice. Like, I don't know why. And the person who voiced him, by the way, is mm-hmm. Ted Russoff, who is also another one of those people who did literally just about every single Italian film for voice acting mm-hmm. for English. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get, inc- you know, any credits for shit. Right. He just did it. Right. And it's like, you look at his catalog and you're like, oh, I know that voice. Right. You know, I've seen him in a lot of Italian horror films. And when you hear that voice, you, you know, know who it him. is. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that definitely isn't Alice Cooper's voice. No. He sounded terrible compared. Yeah. It does not fit the face. No. Hey, guys. You know? <laughs> I just was not expecting that. Neither was fucking, apparently, fucking Alice Cooper. Right. It was yeah, because like, when he first watched the movie, he was like, that's not my voice. What is- His voice is the songs that you right. hear in the, in the movies, which are not great. No. But be- he was going through some pretty heavy times, so it kind of makes sense. That one song, see me in the mirror, it's, it's like all sad, you know? <laughs> But the, the scene in the movie where the dogs chase the girls up the staircase mm-hmm. was intended to, to be shot in a single take because the dogs had been deprived of food for several days. And the actresses were genuinely afraid that they'd become a meal. In fact, they used that this time frame to do another scene where the guy gets chewed up on the stomach and he was holding some of the food. Right. This is back That's in, horrible. Right. Remember when I said moral choices? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's this is not a good moral choice. Horrible. But halfway through the scene, there's a girl where she gets her hair pulled through the door. That was real. The oh, dog really? really pulled on her hair. Oh, my God. Like a real dog, not the monster dog? Yeah. The real dog oh came up. God. It was like a Doberman or something like oh, that. Shit. But anyway, halfway through the scene, the onset still photographer shouted, stop. Because I guess he ran out of film during this part mm-hmm. and he needed to reload. And this fucking pissed Fergasso off like crazy. So he took one of the loaded shotguns that they used in the movie and chased the photographer around the set. 
firing shots off in the in the in the house and shit like that. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> As he screamed at him, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the Spanish crew began referring to Fergaso as El Director Loco, <laughs> which he found pretty funny because that is funny. he's crazy, dude. He's a crazy, dude. Right. Um. A lot of the people were really worried because, you know, back then, like you said, it's the Italian way. Get it fucking done. Mm-hmm. You know, director Claudio Fergasso also was asked about what his experience was with Alice Cooper. And he spoke very fondly of him. He did mention, which I think is a plan from the get to ask Alice Cooper to do music in this fucking movie. Oh, well, yeah. But he probably didn't even own his own music at the time, so mm-hmm. he couldn't just use the the songs. Mm-hmm. So he asked him to create two songs for the film 15 days before photography commenced. Oh, my God. So he spent that time, and he rushed to write the songs and record the temp, you know, like demo tracks, which were ultimately used in the final cut. Mm-hmm. So they weren't demo tra- These were demo tracks you were hearing. <laughs> You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> they did include the songs in a box set of The Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper. Oh, really? So if Ooh. you love them. There you go. Which you know we did. Uh, uh. Anyway, uh, Rosella Drudy, also Claudia Fergasso's wife, who we mentioned, she's the co-creator of everything they did together, almost fainted because she didn't know Alice Cooper was going to be the, the main star. She's a huge fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, he everything he did was horror-based. Mm-hmm. So, of course, right. she's going to like them. Right. You know, she's the horror queen, you know, like she loves horror. Right. She's like writing it and, and directing it and like, you mm-hmm. know, she's been involved in the movies forever with him. Mm-hmm. And she said it made sense because he's known for all the same things, you know. The character sort of portrays as a musician. Mm-hmm. And even Alice Cooper himself said that this was the perfect movie for him because in a way his career was going downhill mm-hmm. and he needed something new to do to bring back his career, mm-hmm. which is what this character was doing in the movie. Right. They, was, yeah. With the music video. Right. This had to be the, the, the music video. That's why they mm-hmm. were like, fuck it. Who cares if there's a monster dog out in the middle of the right. wild and rabid dogs? We got to get this fucking <laughs> video done. <laughs> I mean, it was the 80s. I mean, music videos, MTV had just, like, blown up. Like, you had to. Like, you had to do videos. So, you know, of course, they did change some of the uh, different stuff in the movie to kind of make it more comfortable for him as an actor. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, to play this role. And he's a huge fan of like small towns and stuff like that. As you know, maybe some of you guys know, he is actually a resident of Arizona mm-hmm. where we live. Right. And he's done multiple events. Actually, I used to live up in Cave Creek and he used mm-hmm. to put on a festival up there. Right. Every year. Right. For a long time. And he even had a restaurant out here. Yeah, for 14 years the, the restaurant went. Ellis well, Cooperstown. Right. And right. Well, remember we were talking about a missed opportunity for one yeah. of his 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 uh, ingredients. Signature dishes was like this foot long hot dog. It was bigger than a foot long. First of all, like, they were all themed dishes, right? Based off of his music career and yeah, things that he had done. Nightmare chili, and right? All this other shit. And they schools had, out fucking wheat toast or some, <laughs> some shit. shit. But he's the, the restaurant was mostly famous for this big ass hot dog, right? Yeah, it was called and the Unit. It was called the Unit because actually the the restaurant was was baseball themed because mm-hmm. it was right down the street from the stadium. And I don't know, they should have called it the Monster Dog. They right. really should have. I think so too, but I guess he probably never 
considered it to be a big deal because no it was one not has a big seen deal this movie. movie yeah. Right. <laughs> no one would see the movie, they would get it. But I mean, it's his restaurant. He, they could have just had that playing like all the time. Right. He could have drawn attention to it, but mm-hmm. nobody would have been able to see it because that movie is very hard to get. Like, it's like weird. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, until Kino Lorber put it out, which we bought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought that the monster dog would have been a much better thing. But, oh, totally. But anyway, she said that they tried to change some of the elements of the story around to fit him. He had lived in a ranch here in Arizona, and he liked that ranch life, so they tried to pick out a house that was like a ranch in Spain mm-hmm. to kind of meet his needs and stuff. They were really fond of him. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of interesting because normally these guys don't get that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't think this movie had a lot of money, and it really didn't, Didn't, but it's more than they were used to. Oh. Like, they talked about how they actually had catering for everybody, which they never oh, had they never catering. Had. But this is a string of like four movies that Claudio Fragasso had done. Mm-hmm. I think he did White Apache. He did uh, Scalps. And uh, a couple other movies out here, mm-hmm. uh, including Monster Dog in Spain. Spain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Claudio also, her husband and the director, obviously, said that they became family friends with him as he was just such a nice guy and he was nothing like they expected. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd gotten to know their young daughter while working and she would always come up to him with her Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. And he called her Pinky Barbie. Uh-huh. You know, Alice Cooper did. And he would every day leave a piece of Barbie that he bought from a store at the front desk for Rosella. The daughter? Yeah. No, the wife. Oh, okay. And so for their kid. I don't know what her child's name is. Right. But they basically, he left a little piece of like Barbie stuff for her to Mm -hmm. have at the desk every day. Mm -hmm. And she was like, that was so sweet. (laughs) She was like, so they became like really good friends with him. And one weird fact about apparently uh, Alice Cooper is that during the making of this movie, he would not only play miniature golf every day in checkerboard underwear, (laughs) but he would also drink a huge tall glass of like Coke every morning. Mm -hmm. And Fergasso thought this was really weird because, you know, it's cafe. You drink cappuccino when you're Italian and Spanish and... You know, it's a thing to do. You know what I mean? Right, but I'm an American alcoholic. Right. And And he was like, I'm used to whiskey and fucking Coke. So I can't have the whiskey. So now I just drink Coke because I still like the taste. Right. (laughs) And he still golfs, too. He's a big golfer here. Yeah. They said that for days he would just sit by himself. Mm -hmm. He was just a loner. And he would just sit in his room and play miniature golf with the little golf club and like putt. Putt putt. Yeah, he would do miniature golf like that. So uh, speaking of the dogs, though, that you were talking about, they used about 50 guide dogs from a school for the blind. So they were all trained. Oh, very vicious. Yeah. Well, again, how do you make a dog vicious and not vicious? Well, I guess you starve it to death. Jesus. (laughs) Uh. So there was, yeah, there was like 50 of them. And then, you know, he said that uh, Alice Cooper was a big dog lover. So instantly he was like, the dogs loved him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he was just like the Lord of the dogs. (laughs) Like, and even Rosella Drudy thought it was kind of creepy how much they liked him so much. But that's pretty much it for the uh, trivia. Um, There's 
some scenes that we could talk about, maybe that you liked mm-hmm. or disliked, and anything that you felt that could have been added or that you hated, please. Oh, okay. Share with us, Christina. So in the beginning of the movie, and uh, like they saw the, he's driving to his home, his old home his, where his he lived, childhood previous. home, yeah, pretty much where his parents live, where he where he grew up. They ran into a sheriff and whatnot, and then on their way to the home, they hit a dog with the car. I swear to God, the dog looked real. Like, the dead dog looked real. Maybe they threw it in front of it? Yeah. I don't know. It was freaking me out. And then Alice Cooper had to bash the dog. Alice Cooper had to bash the dog's head with a rock to, so, you know, it wouldn't suffer. Yeah, the humane thing to do. I was like, Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. Wait, didn't he shoot it in the head or something? I don't remember. Maybe you're right. No, because they didn't have a gun, so he picked up a rock and then he he bashed. He kept bashing it for like five times. Yeah, mean. Mm-hmm. I like the scene where the cops like there was a lot of fog in this movie, right? Which it was like okay, fog at night. Like I I, I don't know about that. Like isn't fog usually in the mornings? Like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I thought they were just like, let's make the whole movie a music video. Yeah, pretty much. You're <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, fog everywhere. Yeah. Can you turn it off? Jesus Christ, Fragasso. <laughs> I don't like, you know, I kind of like those look, that look, though. You know, with the fog, it looks kind of cool, man. It's just, I it's can't imagine it for it to, to be easy to shoot in. You know right. what I mean? Like. Right. But they meet these two cops who one of the cops apparently was like, you remember me bouncing? He's like, oh, yeah, I used to piss all over your knee when you used to bounce me up and down on it. And he was like, ah, yes, that's me. That's right, pissy pants. Yeah, like what? Weird conversation. (laughs) It really was. It was kind of a little sexual, a little weird. And he just lets him into the town after apparently there's this thing that happened with his father, which you find out later, surprise, surprise, his dad transformed into to a monster dog a werewolf dog and and he was and the father was there or the the, the police officer was there right when they killed the father when they killed his father yeah and they, they keep trying to make you think that actually his father's not dead and it's this other old guy who's running around in the forest all bloody and he shit. was just another guy that was like attacked by his father originally right. yeah that was kind of I was like what? Like what the fuck? Well, no, he was the monster dog, the the extra guy. His father right. died, but that right. guy was the one that was left over, and he's just been kind of staying to himself for all these years. I think it would have been cooler if they would have just kept it the father. It was a little convoluted and confusing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they killed his father, so it couldn't have been him. Right. But yeah, they're they're. <laughs> It's like really heavy on the nose type stuff. Like Alice Cooper like disappears once they get to the house and he just goes and starts reading a werewolf book. And it's like, okay. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I must study up on my, my ancient heritage. Yeah. Or like all of a sudden, you now you're interested. You wouldn't have thought about this your whole life right. a little bit. You know, I don't know. And then he kept disappearing throughout the whole movie when like, cause yeah, wanted with to make rabid dogs think- on the loose all the time. Right. You don't do that right it's weird that see that's an interesting thing i've always kind of liked that idea about rabid dogs everywhere that's like a scary thought like it really is but filming a movie to do that is not easy right and you like you like you were saying oh why don't you just make them mad <laughs> well why why would you get a real happy dog when you could get a real <laughs> angry dog and then someone would get hurt on the set well, that's exactly oh, why. Yeah, see, why did they have pit bulls? I didn't see any pit bulls. Oh, that's a fucking bad stigma you're bringing up. Oh, I'm up. sorry. I'm sorry. 
I apologize. That's a bad stigma. I my sister has pitbulls. I'm I know not. Nice. I mean, I, but there's mean pitbulls. That's what I'm saying. Well, there's mean. There's mean owners. There's mean owners, but for some reason, the pitbulls get very angry with the with the bad owners. I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like defend them or anything. I'm just saying, like you know, like I'm not. A, I've never owned a pitbull, so I shouldn't speak for people who are pitbull owners. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But I wouldn't want to own a pitbull because you know. It takes extra work as an owner. You've really exactly. got to know. Oh, my sister has to like it, train it, train him all the time, be on top of him 24 hours right. a day because he's a puppy. But yeah, they're not all inherently bad, but I right, just, you right. know, you really got to kind of be a good owner. Right. Got to stay on top of that shit. You can't just let them fucking be. Can't let them roam around and, and know, murder children and shit. Vicious, yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they find this, they go to the house or whatever, and, you know, he's reading the book, and she, his girlfriend's like, what you reading? You know, What's and he's that? like, oh, just a little light reading on my father's history. Literally tells her pretty much that right. what happens, that his father was killed, and that he didn't tell her about it. And she was like, oh, that's okay. Let's hang out in this house some more. <laughs> and then the next day, they shoot the video, and the new right. song, the, the Man in the Mirror, whatever the fuck it was. See me in the mirror. What's the other song was like? Sometimes I'm like a cowboy, or I'm like Rick James, or I'm like I'm James Bond. Yeah, I'm Jack the Ripper. Yeah, (laughs) which I like that song better, but this one just kind of gets um, it's it's stuck in my head. It's like trying to be gothy or something. One of the things they do in this movie is the typical dream thing, which I fucking hate. Right. I mean, I some movies get away. I can get away with it if they if they put more stuff in the movie, but it always feels like you're getting ripped off. Yeah, because like it, it's not part of the story. It's right. just a part of your dream. Because that's not what's really happening. Why are you putting it in there? Yeah, like it's not even a vision or something. Like, make it a vision. Why do you have to make it a dream? Before they get in the house, there was that scene where. Like, they couldn't find the owner, so they go looking everywhere in the house, and then they finally go to bed, and then the girlfriend goes to sleep, and she's like, or someone is asleep, I can't remember who it was, and she's chased around the house by some old man that they found in the fog earlier, Mm -hmm. and she escapes to another room where two more people are bloodied, one Mm -hmm. asking her for help, and then the old man like is telling her Vince will kill you. You'll see soon enough after stabbing the old man, she finds like, you know, but she's, he's got like a dog face. And it's like, <laughs> yep, another dog, another dream. It's like, fuck. Stupid. I wanted to see what would happen. Like, right. I thought it was going to kick off with that guy coming in the house. And then it was going to be this like whole, like everybody's running all over the place. They're getting attacked by dogs, the big dog. And like, mm-hmm. but no, it was just the, the, the movie, the movie shooter, whatever the music video time. And they practically, they do the whole song. Right. It's like... It's like to fill the gap or something. To yeah. To fill the gap of the boringness of the movie. They're shooting, like, the... the While they're shooting this, too, like, the caretaker falls through a window. Like, he was up in this window the whole time. Uh, and, he, and he, like, falls on top of the main girl in the video. And they find the room that he fell through, or fell from, I should say. And it looks like there was, like, this big struggle. And then there's, like... Vince, who is, you know, Alice Cooper's character, he's dressed like a magician, Mm -hmm. like a biker magician, (laughs) because his shoulders like come out like to points like he's fucking David Bowie. (laughs) It's like it's David Bowie. (laughs) Like a cheap, like the wish, uh, the wish version of David Bowie. And he's like running around with a fucking shotgun, which is kind of cool. I don't know why, but 
they show like tons of these scenes though of him just running around mm -hmm. and it's like what is going on that's pretty much what he did for the rest of the movie well because the one girl that got the the guy fell on she just runs off in the middle of the woods in the middle mm -hmm. of fucking rabid dog land mm -hmm. and then is like she's like out of it and she doesn't realize what she does and he finds her and then while they're in like some villagers come into town and like tell them that they would like to have a friendly beer with them or something like that so they invite him in like reluctantly and then they all start like trying to kill him yeah they try to hold him hostage or something. like instantly right because they want him dead because he is the werewolf right he's bringing it back he's bringing yeah. the werewolf he's stirring the pot he must be dead he must be killed but if I'm, I'm thinking to myself like first of all you're hunting a dog you're in the middle of his lair okay if he is the werewolf he's obviously got a good smell mm -hmm. so he's gonna know where the fuck you are right. and what's going on anyway so all the rabid dogs show up at the house and attack his friends and like including the bad guys and i think they killed one of the bad guys right. doesn't he like they like rip him apart yeah they like, rip him he catches fire but you, but you don't even see it no he gets catches fire remember he, he breaks the lamp over the one dog's face oh right. and then it catches on his sleeve and he's like i'm stupid oh. <laughs> stop <laughs> dropping rule this rule is a what? bad idea stop dropping rule what yeah. <laughs> um and then of course Vince hasn't been back with the other girl, but the girl comes back or something like that. I can't remember, but he like finds these other two guys that have slipped away somehow and they're like hunting him and he fucking shoots the one dude. And then it's like the top of his head just like pops off, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that, that was cool. That was one of the things in the trailer that I was like, yep, I'm getting this one because <laughs> it was a cool shot. Right. That's about it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah he shoots it. the other guy in the chest and he just falls down, I guess. Mm -hmm. But that's when the other dogs are still kind of roaming around and they tear. Remember when I was telling you they were attacking their friend? Mm -hmm. He had meat and food in his like outfit. Mm -hmm. So the dogs oh. are like hungry. Yeah, and wasn't it like above his shirt? I don't like, know. Could, I, now I remember seeing that part because I was like, why is it like above his shirt? Like you. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird. And they're like tearing their friend apart. And that's when the big dog comes banging on the front door and they're trying to keep it out. And you could tell it's huge because it's pushing the door pretty hard. And there's like two or three of them up against the door. Mm -hmm. So one guy, I think he tried to shoot at it and then it attacks it with the like butt of the he attacks it with the butt of his shotgun or whatever mm -hmm. and the girls run upstairs that's when that girl gets her hair in the door which i thought was a really oh, cool idea okay. right you know what i'm talking about yeah I like think she so. was going in so fast that her hair got caught in the door right and that was a real dog yeah that was a real rottweiler oh, or not a rottweiler okay. it was a um doberman oh okay yeah grabbed her hair and she that was like real situation wow. holy i'd been pissed yeah <laughs> Get this fucking dog off of me. The, this thing, the, by the way, the monster looks like like a Rottweiler with like a bigger jaw. Right. Which is obviously like latex. Yeah. And it didn't move real like. No, it didn't move at all. Yeah, it was weird. It was just these flashy scenes. It was yeah. just like of it jumping up or something and it just disappears after that. And you never see it again. It's right. like, I, I would I really like to see in its glory in some regard. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't, I mean, it's not good looking, but I would like to see it. Right. Maybe they were just embarrassed of it. <laughs> or maybe it's arms it or paws or something. Maybe it didn't like turn out the way they wanted it to. Probably, so. yeah. 
But it, it disappears, of course, when Vince shows up all of a sudden. So one of the girls thinks it's him, but mm-hmm. his clothes are all neat and not tattered or anything. So it's like, well, it can't be him. Mm-hmm. What did he change back into it? Like some fucking magician, <laughs> a biker magician or something? <laughs> And there was that scene I remember where he had like he was wiping his brow and his face and the eyelash fell off. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I remember that, too. <laughs> we Did, were both like, oh, what a, the mistake yeah, they kept like, in oh, there. Gee. I was like, oh, he had eyelashes on? I it's didn't like, even notice. Yeah, it's like it's real. Makes it real. <laughs> his eyeliner was all smudged by but, the end of it, too. <laughs> so they, the three of them try to leave because suddenly all the dogs are chill. Uh, Because the dogs come back, but they need the keys from the dead guys, so they have to go back into the house and, like, go upstairs on the roof to get the fucking keys from one of the guys that he shot earlier. And they're like, they tell the one girl to wait in the car, which they had this exact situation earlier, Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out well for them. Right. (laughs) And they tell her to wait in the car, she's like, no. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? So they get back in the car, and then she's dead. Of course. And the dog Dog is is in in the back. Yeah, Yeah, like, you wouldn't have noticed... Right. The, the, this huge monster dog is in the back of the fucking car. Are you out of your mind? Well, they were in a hurry and they had to leave. And they were driving too. Like they never even noticed it. And they were like, so what do you think, Angela? And it's like. Rawr! Her dead body like pops up into yeah. the dog. And then the dog like bites his shoulder and it's all minced. And then uh, that's when I was like, oh, it's, obviously it's not Vince, you know. Right. So clearly, but it was shredding his shoulder, and he's he tells his girlfriend to jump out of the car, and then you hear she jumps out, and then there's the car wreck. Yeah, and then <laughs> this is the funny part, because, like, me and Christina were laughing. She looks for the car, and you see it rocking upside down, and I was like, oh, no, he's fucking the dog now. <laughs> like he's giving into his animal instinct uh, and he's just grabbing its big head and fucking its head or something. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, no, Alice, please don't sleep with the beast, you devil dog, you. <laughs> devil dog. Said, it could be your father. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know yet. Uh, but anyway, so she goes and she finds that fog man, the one that's been like lurking around the house in her dreams and all this other shit. And he's like, Vince is going to be the new dog now. I'm dying. He's like, I got to pass it on. <sighs> and he dies. <laughs> and then, of course, he's and then, of course, Vince is like, shoot me now, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I got to die now or I'll fucking fucking kill somebody. And they have the worst trans. It's not the worst. OK, like. It's a, uh, you know, what this is thriller. It's not thriller, as bad yeah. as like the fucking really bad morphing. Do you remember in the 90s when they did that morphing technology shit? Oh, yeah. And it was really flawed. It wasn't perfect. It right. just looked really bad. Right. Uh, it was just like frames. Yeah, like, it, it was, was weird. Like... It just looked like a globule thing. Right. They did it in uh, one of the Howling movies that I, and it's one of the worst transformations of all of, of Wolf, uh, werewolf history. history. Yeah. And this was better than that, but not by much. <laughs> like, they took this face, and it looked like a really thin head. It looked nothing like Vince, by the way, or nothing. Alice Cooper. And then they just make his mouth come out, and then she shoots him, right? Mm-hmm. That's about it. The end. See me in the mirror, the man I am Jack the Ripper. Sometimes I'm James Bond. La, 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 la. you're mixing songs. You're mixing it up. Uh, 
we have another movie. Yeah, we do, and I get all the information on that, so buckle the fuck up and lock your fucking cellar doors, because we're going to take you to the cellar from 1989, and it's about a family that moves into an old house in the Texas desert that is haunted by a Native American curse in the form of a ferocious creature that dwells underground. Spooky. It was directed by Kevin Tenney, who is, of course, uh, we did The Witchboard with before, Night of the Demons. He's did the the witch trap. (laughs) Well, sort of. Uh, I mean, that's partially his. But yeah, he's done a lot of stuff uh, in that. He also did Bigfoot, uh, which is another movie I'll bring up a little bit later. Um, The short story is by David Henry Keller, MD. I think it's The Creature in the Cellar. I think it was Mm -hmm. something like The Monster in the Cellar or something like that. It's the only credit he has in film, by the way. He might have written other stories. I just don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. It was also helped written by John Woodard, who did the screenplay with this is the only writing credit he ever had, and he produced, helped produce uh, as additional crew a lot of Skinamax films. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and uh, also has Daryl Wimberly, who wrote No Pain, No Gain, the story of a bodybuilder called Mike Zarillo, who was from Ohio or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that, that was he only has like three credits. And, of course, you have uh, Kevin Tenney, who is actually did a lot of rewrites. Oh, okay. Because what happened, guys, is that there was another director on this film, and he got fired five days in. Oh. So. Do we know why? I'll get into it. Okay. I'll wait. Some of the cast, Patrick Kilpatrick, he plays Mance the Dead Cashin. So the the character's name is Mance Cashin. Cashin. Like, what the fuck? That's a weird name. Yeah, his name is Mance, which is badass, you know? Like, I don't know what that, I don't know what they were thinking. But he is the notorious bad guy in the 80s and 90s, like B-movies. Like, one of the biggest, coolest action movie villains ever. Like, a henchman or whatever you want to call it. He was in Minority Report, Death Warrant, Last Man Standing, Eraser, Scanner Cop 2 was a big one. He played uh, in the stand, the, the original miniseries, Ray Booth. He was also one of the robot teachers in Class of 1999 and so many fucking more. He was a great villain. Mm-hmm. One of the best. You know, for B-movies, he was mm-hmm. totally recognizable, which is surprising because you see him as a family father in this movie. Or trying to be. Yeah. But does his villainous side come out? We'll see. Inquiring minds want to know. Also stars Chris Miller, who plays Willie the Sun, who has become a popular voice actor for the movies and games. He's pretty much in all the Shrek movies and all their spinoffs and the same company that did all those and all their movies. Mm -hmm. He does the Magic Mirror and he also did Geppetto in the Shrek movies. He was also Kowalski in Madagascar, Penguins, Puss in Boots, Monsters vs. Aliens and more. Uh, also, it has Suzanne Savvy, who plays Emily, the stepmom. She is in the new movie, The Upside. She was in Better Call Saul, Smilf, NCIS. She was also in some older films like Dark Angel, Rush, Shadow Force. She even did English speaking like roles, just voice acting mm-hmm. for a lot of really like foreign films, like uh, like Asian horror films and oh, stuff. Oh, cool. Like action films and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Also has Ford Rainey, who plays TC, 
uh, Van Houten, who's the old man in this movie who grew up from a little boy. And he was a Dr. Mixter in Halloween 2, by the way. Oh. He also was in the original 310 to Yuma. <laughs> the Time Tunnel, the Parallax View, a ton of TV over the years, including King of Queens before he passed away in 2005. Mm-hmm. Also stars Michael Wren, who plays Chief Sam John. He was in Three Amigos, one of the biggest roles he got. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold and a few TV shows that were, you know, just random back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the creature effects in this movie are done by Kevin Brennan, although this was a job where I'll get into it more that he was forced to do things that he didn't want to do. Oh. But I wanted to bring him up because he's been around forever and he got trained by Dick Smith and some guys uh, that like showed him how to do it. Uh, He worked on The Howling, An American Werewolf in London, Videodrome, Michael Jackson's Thriller, Night of the Demons, Howling Howling 5, The Rebirth, Mm -hmm. and Return of the Living Dead 3, Orgasmo. And more. Wow. So he's got a, you know, pretty big catalog there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a movie that went straight to video and never hit theaters, except maybe in Japan, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Christina, what did you think? Oh, my gosh. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah? Like, a lot. Okay. So it's kind of funny, because we just watched Last Gasp, which was also like a date or like a native indian type of well, thing going on it was well, like, like columbia or i don't know yeah exactly but it was like that spirit of like natives right sure, sure so this is like the same premise but this is what how it's supposed to be like the story was really good it moved along smoothly i liked i liked the father-son dynamic and like in the beginning it's like he feels guilty about you know, not being there all the time for his kid because, you know, his, right. they're, they're separate or they're divorced or whatever. And he just started, the father just started a new family. Which we never meet the original but, mom, I don't think. I don't remember no, seeing her well, in it. It's because she's in Chicago. Right. But why would <laughs> he, she come he, the out? The movie starts out with him in Chicago. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. And then it turns, like their relationship turns, you know, which I liked. Okay. I th- I, you thought it was dynamic. Yes, I did. But there were some really good shots in the movie that I really liked. Some like long dwelling types of creature shots. Shots and like with the birds, there was ravens in this movie, and I liked all the scenes with the ravens. I don't know why it was just cool. Was it ravens or crows? It was ravens. Remember, because ravens watch out for oh, the evil. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The evil. I would think it was crows too, because like you know you got aren't crows smaller? Uh, Those are pretty big. I don't know. I don't remember. But you're if you're right, you're right. I don't remember. Thank you. Can you say I'm right again? Uh, you're reading okay, a review. That's, that's good enough. Um, <laughs> stuff I didn't like. There was some tropes in it I didn't like. Like they never believe kids. Yeah, you can never that's a believe kids. One. Yeah, I I hate that. I wish there was more gore. I wish there was more of the monster because there there wasn't much of the monster. I mean, there was there more was more than, than, than this last one. movie. Yeah, oh, yeah hell totally yeah. more than this last. Like movie. three times more. Right. Um, Three or four times at least. And the dogs in this movie, they're hella cute too. Oh my God, it's the cutest little dogs. Because right in the beginning, there's all these dogs. There's dogs and puppies. Yeah. Right? They're everywhere. There's little kittens. Oh my God, it's so cute. It was so cute. (laughs) All right. Even though they died, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm kind (laughs) of... Anyway, I'll get more into that. I gave this an eight out of 10. What? Yes, I liked it. I liked the story that much. Wow. I didn't think it was that good. Oh, well, what'd you think? Jesus. Well, at first I thought I hadn't seen this movie before, 
But the last 15 minutes was probably that nostalgia thing. I probably saw this on Skinamax or something late at night or something, you know, and that, mm. not that it's a sexual movie. I just mean oh, like, yeah, not at all. I just called Skinamax because it was late night TV. Right. Um, because you would watch the horror movies and then after the horror movies were done at night, then it would be like, Skinamax time, you know. I have never seen the director's cut, which is what we watched from Vinegar Syndrome's newest releases, and they're the ones that sent us out this copy, of course, to review. So thank you again, Vinegar Syndrome. I mean, nobody's seen this release other than the people who bought the fucking, the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and who were at the, the uh, cast screening, and one festival that they were at. Oh so my gosh. This is, like, pretty pretty cool that they did this. I can't even imagine what that theatrical version's like. Oh or yeah, we, I would oh like. I wish we could have had the chance to re like watch, watch both. Mm-hmm. I really feel like we should have now, after yeah, after like listening to the like extras and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that they chopped up from this movie to try to make it a PG-13 film, and had a lot of different hands on it. They changed everything. There was like they shot the movie like six or seven months later with reshoots and stuff like that where the kid was like you know he's like 12 years old in the movie dude in six months he's probably like four foot taller than he was before right so he looked completely different the creature effects were much more present i mean they weren't spectacular it was different i kind of like reminds me of zool from fucking ghostbusters Mm -hmm. but not entirely you know like it's got its own fucking thing Mm -hmm. um it's much more present in this one, uh, the extra director's cut stuff definitely, I think, adds to the film because they put gore in it, which I think the PG-13 was stripped of. As Kilpatrick, the 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 dad, mm-hmm. told director Kel, uh, told director Kevin Tenney, he's like, "You took a movie that looked like chicken shit and turned it into chicken salad." <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but, you know, what he's saying is, is that you took a movie that was going to be bad and made it okay. That's essentially <laughs> much, what he was yeah. saying. And and Kevin Tenney agrees, mm-hmm. although he has learned to watch his mouth about some of the movies that he's done that he makes fun of himself for. Mm-hmm. Because some, he said, and I agree with this wholeheartedly, and I take this to heart when I do my reviews, is that no matter how good a film or bad a film you think it is, there's always somebody out there that thinks it's better than it is. Right. Like Lady in the Water. Ah, would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> anyway, which, you know, I thought it was cool to see him play a dad in this movie, by the way, the Kilpatrick guy. One of the very rare moments that Kilpatrick got to play sort of the good guy and not some sort of henchman. Mm-hmm. Um, a dad, basically. Right. And it has some familiarity of other movies with kids overcoming some sort of monster and fighting back against it. But not exactly like it's ripping anything off. You know, it, it's not exactly super interesting to me, uh, but it definitely is above average. At least this cut of it is, I think, mm-hmm. is is the better version um, from what I remember when I was a kid. Because I once I realized what movie this was, I was like, why am I liking this more than I remember it? And then I'm like, oh, it's oh, the director's cut. That's right. why. <laughs> uh, it's like... Um, they, they have both the cuts on the disc, by the way, just so for those of you who are interested in watching and, and buying this movie for yourself, I think it's a good buy to have because this has never been done before. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like this new thing that they're doing that nobody's ever seen this film for decades like this. So if you're going to get it, I would get it. They only have 4,000 copies. Or you could try to win it. Yes. Or you could try to win it from us. 
worth it. But it was fun to see the kid do so much with the typical parents never listen trope, you know, which really does bug me a whole lot, especially yeah. when they lead it on like this movie did to the last 10 or 15 minutes long. Right. I was like, Jesus Christ, this this monster could be staring them square in the face. And if it doesn't do it, it, it just does this all the way into the last 10 minutes. Right. And it's frustrating as hell. It's like, I've, typically the trope really does bother me. Yeah. No, me too. It be bothers me too. Because I'm in, I'm in my mind, I'm the asshole kid who wouldn't let up on it with my parents. Right. Cause you're stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> so like, fuck you, dad. I don't care. And how Kilpatrick's character as a father deals with it in this movie is Ridiculous. probably one of the worst father of the year awards you could give to somebody type right. material. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can't take the villain out of the character anyway, huh? Right. <laughs> Instincts. Yeah, he just went wild on this. Uh, but, you know, even with the added gore, which is better, it's not much more of a film than it was for me. It's got the gore. That makes me interested. It's better than PG-13. Gore doesn't necessarily always make the film. The story's there. I right, did enjoy the story's this. there. The story's there, so it's not like... Even with him being ridiculous as the dad at the end right like i like that I, uh, yeah i kind of liked it too but you know why not push that trope to like the fucking boundaries of fucking hell i just don't think it's not by much not by as much as you're giving it it's it's a little repetitive and some of the scenes are a little longer than they really needed to be i think mm -hmm. you know the native american approach does add to the film because that is a very heavy 80s trope thing too right um i'd give it probably a six or 6.5 out of oh, 10 oh look at you it's definitely rewatchable. It's not at the top of my list, mm -hmm. but it is a good, like, kid versus monster kind of movie. Right. And, you know, rekindling some sort of, like, you know, respect from your father who thinks you're a complete piece of shit and doesn't believe anything that you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the extras on the disc, however, and I want to mention this in my review, they were actually really entertaining and they do a track for the director's cut. Mm -hmm. So, like, they have everybody speaking on that. Mm -hmm. They do that one for the original theatrical one, which they just shit all over the whole fucking time, um, which is really interesting. I didn't get to listen to it all, but it is kind of like, you know, you can tell. Like, they're right. like not happy about it because, like, imagine if someone took your movie and then fucking changed it. Right. When you were the guy that came in and saved the fucking film to begin with. Right. That was doomed. You know what I mean? So, but then they also have the making of, which was really fun and interesting. And you could tell that like everybody that worked on the film, they respect that the movie was done and, and that they did it and they got the shot to do this film. But you can tell that like not everybody was happy about the film. They are not fans of the VHS, the original VHS cut that came out. Mm -hmm. And they are much happier with this one, you know. Like he said, when they did the screening, he was like, you, you, you turned it from chicken shit to chicken salad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think it's a fun little creature feature film. Right. Uh, it didn't really strike any scares for me necessarily, but it was cool to see some of the outcomes of things happening and, mm -hmm. you know, all the deaths and stuff that were in right. it. So, I liked it. Yeah. But we do have some trivia for it. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I'll, I tried to grab, grab some of the stuff that I liked and thought was interesting. If you don't want anything spoiled, the only way you're going to see the version that we're talking about is by buying the movie from Vinegar Syndrome, which I wholly support and have been buying for them long before they were sending me review copies. So... 
You can trust me on that. I'm a fan of bad cinema, and they tend to <laughs> put a shine on some of the bad cinema that uh, I have have a taste for now. It's weird. I, I end up buying those movies mm. more than I do the ones I like. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, but otherwise, yeah, you're only going to get the VHS cut, which is not going to be the same movie we saw, so... Until they put it out somewhere else, which I'm sure they'll do in the future, probably on all the major distribution channels and, you know, digital distribution. So, but if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So, starting off light, this was shot in Tucson, Arizona. Was it at old Tucson Studios? Yes. Sound Studios. I fucking knew it. Fucking knew it because you see those cactuses. I was like, they don't have cactuses like that in Texas. Yeah, no. They only have cactuses like that in Arizona. Just so you guys know, as an Arizona resident now, I haven't, I didn't grow up here, but I learned a thing or two about a thing or two. (laughs) In Arizona, when you see cactus that have arms, okay, only arms, when they have arms, Mm -hmm. that is only an Arizona thing. Mm -hmm. You will see cactuses with just the trunk. Mm-hmm. In other places, if you go up north, but but for some reason, only the arms are in Arizona. Yeah, well, in Arizona, down into like Mexico, and but... each one of those arms is what five hundred years. Yeah, those things are like ancient fossils of like the seaweed that grew mm-hmm. into these like fucking. When this was the ocean, they have more rights here in Arizona mm-hmm. than, than human do. beings. There's a lot of laws to where. Well, we have a lot of neighbors with saguaros in their yard, and they have arms because they, like, transplanted them. Right, a lot of transplants. But they're not allowed to move them. You're not allowed to shoot at them. Nope. If you, like, hit one with your car on an accident, like, it's like a felony or something. (laughs) I don't know about that. serious. Like, it's crazy. I mean, you'd have to tell somebody. Also, old Tucson Studios burnt down a few years ago, and I'm pretty sure they're closed now. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was the place. They said there was a Tucson Sound Studios. Yeah, it was probably there. Yeah. And and that was back when 89, so there wasn't... Oh, yeah, it was hopping. It was like, well, no, there wasn't that much down there, as much as there is now. Oh, not as... Yeah, Tucson not, now is almost like fucking Austin, full. Texas in, really in some is. ways. <clears throat> but it's also running out of water, so... Right. That's always desert. a constant concern. We're always running out of water. It's a desert. Anyway, that's anyway. enough of our geeking out about Arizona. But if you have <laughs> any questions, please ask. Uh, but this is based off a short story, as I mentioned, and they turned it into a script. Kevin Tenney was not fond of the script, but he was honest and said that he saw it as an opportunity for him to direct drama with a family, including a kid and old people and animals. And he was like, well, I can just get this all out in one shot. (laughs) And that's in my resume. You know what I mean? He's like, he'd asked in the beginning when he got the job, if he could do some rewrites um, the weekend he showed up Mm -hmm. and they were going to shoot that Monday. He was like, I-, I can do rewrites. We can do this in two or three days. He's like, no, Kevin, we can't. We can't do this. And so he did it anyway uh, at night. Uh-huh. He did rewrites himself, passed it off to somebody, got it approved every night and then shot during the day. Oh, wow. So that's how dedicated he was to being a part of the film. Mm -hmm. You know, he came in. This movie had been a wreck. There was a lot of hands in the pot. There was too many people telling each other what to do. The camera crew typically comes in with the director. So the director usually picks their cinematographer and all their, like, you know, people that they want to have on there. Kevin was like, hey, look, I'm not going to just fire you guys because we need to get this done. He's like, but if you guys aren't working out, I'll let you know. And so I guess it ended up working out. 
So the director that picked them before, who right. picked the special effects guy and all this other stuff, he didn't uh-huh. get to pick, but he kept everybody because good for him. Yeah, he he really yeah, that's a job genuinely too. saved the day, which a lot of people were saying. But in his eyes, he was like, he's like, I it, literally I could do no wrong. <laughs> he's like, after this fuck up, like the fuck up that was there. Uh huh. Wow. He's like, there was nothing I could do wrong. Wow. So he was like, it was it was kind of nice. And the whole mood, they said when they were doing the dailies, which is where they sh- you know shoot and show the producers and everything, mm-hmm. what's going on, that the mood and the atmosphere of the shoot was just so much better. Mm-hmm. Like you could hear people laughing in between takes and having a good time. Mm-hmm. So it's really strange that after hearing that. And him like saving the day that they took it from him right. and then chopped and then it the fuck up. It all up. I'll get into that more, but it sounds like they were just dicks and like no one was gonna. I don't know. know. It's just some new guy came in that wasn't attached to the project before. Oh. He was like a creative director, and oh, he just fuck. came in and and wrecked shop. I guess I, I don't know what was going on. Apparently, when the movie was finished, the company basically that was the guy I was talking about. I can't think of his name off the top of my hand. It doesn't matter. He changed the whole movie. He changed the score, which his brother wrote, by the way. Oh, wow. His brother did the better work on the music. And unfortunately, even in the director's cut that he changed and had, mm-hmm. it wasn't his music either. Oh. So he had to use that. Uh, he said that they did this because Kevin Tenney's cut only got two offers. Once they showed it around to people Mm -hmm. and they were expecting a lot more. Oh. So they butchered it in order to try to salvage it for more people to watch. And then how many offers did they get? I don't know. I don't know what they got, but they just wanted more. So they changed things. And the cut we saw has only been shown, like I said, twice. So the director's Mm -hmm. cut. And the only reason that we were able to see it is because that was his cut. Mm -hmm. So his 35 millimeter. Right. Fucking cut. Right. That he owns. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have seen that. Wow. So, and Kevin Tenney's brother, Dennis, grew up with him making movies and scoring them. So he, you know, he's been doing it and he does it professionally for himself as well. So he Mm -hmm. scored this one, but it didn't even get to use it in the movie either way. Oh. So be curious to hear if he still had it. It'd be Mm kind of cool. Kevin Brennan, who is the special effects makeup artist who created the creature, or rather made the creature, I should say, he was told to make it how they wanted. And it was supposed to be like the head of a wolf, body of a bear. He said there was supposed to be a snake that came out of it at some point in time. Yeah, because it was supposed to be this Native American Indian. So they were thinking spiritual animals and like all the spiritual animals. Right. He's like, they are just not creative types. And they would just say, make it work. Cricket legs with, you know, like (laughs) a bear body. And he said that the only thing that he pretty much had, um, like control creative control over mm-hmm. is in the movie you remember when the the it gets its legs trapped in the traps oh yeah it yeah. just rips them off right and so he had the idea that in order to make this look better he had seen uh the movie freaks from mm-hmm. back in the day the black that and the white film movie, yeah and there was a guy walking around on his hands and you know on his hands without mm-hmm. legs that was an actor in the movie and he was like well i could just hire somebody like that mm-hmm. and have them come in 
and fucking do the scenes, him walking on his hands and going up the steps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which right. he did with the outfit on, the monster outfit. So oh, it looked like, okay. hey, how did they do that? Right. You know, while his legs are getting ripped off. Right. Oh, this was kind of cool. Okay. That, that was cool. that was creative. smart, creative, on the spot thinking. is, And that's what a lot of FX guys have to do mm-hmm. because you don't really get the time. Mm-hmm. You come up with some of your concepts usually early and make it work. Mm-hmm. No animatronics were used in this film either. Oh, wow. None. So it was all puppeted by two different guys. The one guy with no legs and the one guy with legs. <laughs> uh, the guy with no legs, there's a funny story he was telling. I think his name was something Rhodes, Richard Rhodes or something like that. Mm-hmm. He said that there was a time when being a special effects makeup guy meant you were partying all the time, which is very true. Because mm-hmm. they were all like rock stars. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch the making of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and shit like that. Like, or Evil Dead 2 in particular. And those guys are just fucking mm-hmm. crazy. But he said they were having a party at the hotel in, in Tucson. And the guy came running in, the, the Richard Rose without the legs, came running out drunk, jumping in the pool and splashing around and screaming and hollering. And some dude came out with his, like his family in the, in the house, in the hotel room. Uh-huh. Hey, please keep it down. Like, please, please. Come, I got kids here. And so Richard swam like awkwardly to the side and got uh-huh. out. And then the guy saw that he had no legs and was like, <gasps> <laughs> And he was like, come down here and fucking fight me, motherfucker. <laughs> and he was like, he just went back, ran back inside his room, and they all like put their hand on my head, their hands like, oh, no. Oh, that's funny. So <laughs> that guy, the effects guy, Brennan, he was not too fond of this creature, man. I'm telling you. He was really pissed that he didn't have any creative control. I mean, I would be, too. I'd be pissed because, like, you hire me to do a job for you. Right. I'm talented at what I got to do, and you're going to tell me what to do. Right. This is my mark. This is what people are going to look at and go, oh, this is his work. Right. Not yours. Not yours. They laid it down the road. But he did what they said, so that's probably why he's pretty vocal about it. Right. Other funny story on this is that, (laughs) I mean, I know that he worked on Night of the Demons with him, you know, Mm -hmm. or at least did some of the makeup or something like that. But when he met Brennan, the FX guy, Kevin Mm -hmm. Tenney, he came in to fill in for a director who had been fired. Right. They hadn't seen each other for 22 years. And 22 years later, he was Kevin Tenney was filling in for a guy who got fired on Bigfoot, who Brennan was doing the makeup effects for that movie. So he was oh. like, when I met him and last saw him, he was filling in for a director and didn't get to hire him. He's like, it's not that I wouldn't have hired him. He's great. He's right. like, it's just, that's how we knew each other. He's like, so it's the cycle of the Kevins, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, also Patrick Mc, uh, Kilpatrick mm-hmm. said that him and the kid got along really well. They would share pineapple drinks together. Like they, Aww. like the kid was really inspired by working with Kilpatrick. Uh huh. And so like he had these pineapple drinks and he would drink them and the kid always had to have one with him. Oh, that's cool. So he was like, when they were on set and offset, they were palling around. Uh-huh. He said he really felt like that kid was like, could be his son. Right. He was a good actor, too. He was really good yeah. at this. The kid was. Yeah, well, he didn't take no shit. Right. Can't. He's like, whatever, dad. <laughs> whatever, you fucker. <laughs> 
Anyway, so we do have some scenes that we're going to bring up and then we'll wrap this bitch up. I don't want to go too strong into it, but let's talk about the opening scene where like... Where there's a dog the and then there's a, slime. Fu- there's a fucking scorpion on the dog. What the fuck? It was fucking real. That was a real fucking scorpion. And they're not even... They're like Corn. Japanese fucking yeah, like... Or like jungle black, fucking... Yeah, they're like black scorpions. Yeah, there's, they're not de- out here, guys, yeah, by the way. Don't let them crawl up on dogs and shit. Those what are like the, the poisonous fucking scorpions in the world. And yeah. they're not in, in Arizona. That shit pissed me off. The, in fact, the, the the more poisonous ones out here are the babies that right, you the might. The little tiny the ones, tiny that ones you because don't see and they hide in your shoes, and that's why you have to check your shoes every morning. Well, what happens is is that like with uh, scorpions out here, is that the babies they're not experienced enough to know how much fucking fluid they're supposed to use mm-hmm. from their tail, and so they get so scared that they'll use their entire. Venom thing. Venom, and they'll yeah. even push their organs through right. just to fucking save themselves. Right. It's just as a reaction, and that can, can kill, kill you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Gross. I don't check my shoes every morning. Well, actually, there's no scorpions in this area, so we're good. We've been, you know. You just fucked us right now. No. No, I check my shoes. You just fucked us. Because those fucking, those big ass, those beetles that bite, they're all over the place. No, they only come out every seven years. <laughs> What is it like, fucking yeah, Candyman one- or some shit? Yeah, rem- if you look in a mirror and you say "cricket," remember we've you've seen them. They no, make those I, noises. No, those are the fucking Palo Verde beetle yeah, bugs. The beetles. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones that like burrow in the ground for a year. Oh, is it a year? It's a year. And oh, they then come the monsoons. Yeah, as soon as we got rid of those bushes, they never came back. Yeah, they didn't come back because well, that was their little happy home. Well, it's because we put concrete over it. Yeah, <laughs> now they're all could. dead. <laughs> Fuck you. Probably. <laughs> Anyway, I hate bugs. Sorry. I know you guys like to like put them on your face and shit, but whatever. And that's not for me. <laughs> you like to put them on your dogs. I don't understand. That. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. There was a like there was a couple of different dogs. There was the pet dog that the, the family had like the, the the TC guy. Right. As oh. a young child had. And he was like calling for his dog and he's playing out in the middle of the fucking desert. And he pulls a spear out of the ground with a fucking rabbit's foot on the top. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes the, the bubbling crude to come up. a to unleash. Yeah. Unleash and, the pet power and he's calling his dog and i thought he was like in the same area i don't know but the dog is like literally going up to the fucking scorpion and they're still shooting this shit i'm like what are you doing like it's gonna die dude right like i wonder if that dog died well it's probably dead now but yeah i don't know what is 1989 i said i wonder if it died from that obviously it's dead jesus well it might be a stunt you know, scorpion where they take out the... Or cap it or thing. something? Yeah, they cap it. Maybe. It just scared me. I don't like that I shit. I don't like it either. But they were, <laughs> it looked like they bred puppies too because they had all these fucking cute... Well, yes. Like puppies. So this young kid who's played by the older guy later on, his father is working on the on an oil mine that he has in his backyard. And all he keeps pulling up is not oil, but this fucking sludge that the evil has been buried underneath this ground with the spear all this time. Mm -hmm. So when the kid takes the fucking rabbit's foot off and takes the spear out, it starts to rumble and this native guy comes out and he's like, what are you doing, kid? And he stabs the spear back in, but it doesn't keep the evil in. And so the kid takes the rabbit's foot, the evil leaks out at night, and there's all these like puppies underneath the fucking the drilling site. And they're laying there to stay in the shade, and it just fucking turns them into skeletons. The fucking this green sludge, it which doesn't, you don't see it, it happen. You just see it's like they pan away for a second, they come back, and it's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> you hear a little yelp and I was like, no, don't kill the puppies. And like little puppies, you know? Right. But yeah, so that's the kid. He grows up to own the house. He prevents the fucking evil from coming up through his cellar by wrapping the rabbit's foot around the door and then putting up a fake wall or something like that, that the medicine man and him have like barricaded for all these years. And now all of a sudden he's a drunk and he's living in the town bar and he doesn't leave very much. And he just is dealing with this evil situation and decides he's going to sell the house to some unsuspecting family because, you know, why not? Didn't the 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 cops or the sheriff like they were forcing him to sell the house? I don't remember exactly, but because he didn't have money, so it's like I don't know. I think I would tell somebody about this shit. I know it sounds crazy, but at least warn, warn somebody, them. you know, like so that it's fair game. Mm-hmm. You don't just fucking not tell them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. But yeah, the kid finds out. Of course, you know he knows. Mm-hmm. He knows something's up. Right. Because he hears something in the basement. Right. And then the the medicine man's like got spears all over the land. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that the family is like, who's that guy? Oh, he's just some crazy native, you know, no big deal. They're like, yeah, let's buy the house. (laughs) 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 I'm not saying like Native Americans are scary or anything. I'm saying that like just a random stranger just happens to be sticking spears into your land. Yeah. And you're not going to question it. Not even question it. Not even go, hey, how are you? My name is. I I don't even know why you'd want to move into like that beat, like beat up old fucking shithole house with when you just had a baby. It's it's weird. This is really weird. (laughs) I mean, eventually they do get to meet the native guy that lives there and he's like straight up with him. Like nobody else was. He's like, well, and his dad knows something's up. Like, that's the thing about this movie, right? His dad knows something up, but he's too scared to tell his son because he doesn't want his son to think he's weak. Toxic masculinity. (laughs) (laughs) You see, ladies, it's not so nice over here. You got to be a man all the time. And if you're not a man, then your son thinks you're a piece of shit. And then he picks on you. And when you go home and sleep at night, your, he and his friends stay over and play epic games all night long on Fortnite. And then they pour water on your head. And then you wonder why. Why do they keep calling me pussy? And they push you around. And then when you leave the leftovers in the fridge, then he's telling you you're a piece of shit, Dad. And then you got to kick him out. And then his fucking shit. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus. <laughs> I was trying to do my best impersonation of, um, what's his name? Seth Meyers doing Tucker Carlson. Oh, <laughs> he does like he always talk because that's how Tucker Carlson is. He'll, uh-huh. It's like everything's a disaster. It's like next thing you know, they tell you you can't say it's Christmas and then Christmas is canceled. And then when you go to hand someone a present, they tell you they can't have it because it's got Santa on the paper. Ah. <laughs> it's like so funny. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's the point of the movie, right? Is that right. he, the whole point, whole time? Mm-hmm. He couldn't admit that there was a fucking monster, which is so preposterous. Mm-hmm. So because he didn't want his son to think he was a bitch. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, really? Maybe you, sh- maybe you should have told your son that you believed him, so that you could instill the fact that he's actually pretty fucking smart, and he could grow up to be somebody, someone important, who would warn people that our monsters are living underground. <laughs> He could have been like the new guy. Maybe maybe the father was just like that because he didn't exactly know what was going on and it sounded crazy. I don't know. 
I'm just being silly, but it's kind of dumb, right? Like that the whole thing hinges yeah, on that dumb. and that they wait to the last fucking 10 minutes where, by the way, I'm just going to jump into this because okay, good because this is the worth it. After all this back and forth of like, no, I don't believe you and, and him setting up traps for the monster. The kid, by the way, He's putting down who, bear trap, not only puts down bear traps, but also sets up turkey in this like small pond for the the creature to eat and he could take a picture of but he can't get the picture of it so then he goes down to the basement with a fucking flamethrower you have this kid with a flamethrower like what i would never want to touch that i would be scared as hell that it would blow up Mm -hmm. wouldn't you as a kid oh yeah totally anyway (laughs) he also deals with dynamite and rigs up the house by the end of the movie which is like this ain't no home alone like you know (laughs) But his dad gets so tired of it because a boy goes missing and he tries. He, the kid tried to tell his dad that he was there when the kid went missing because the creature ate him and pulled him into the pond, which mm-hmm. that is what happened. <laughs> and his dad doesn't believe him. So he locks him in the kitchen, nailing the fucking cellar door open to the wall with the infant, the newborn child in there screaming its head off. Right. While his dad is acting like a fucking crazy person, almost ready to fucking punch his wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? And then, like, the monster's screaming its head off in the basement as if that wouldn't be enough to make you go, oh, maybe there is something oh, up. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's something down there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know. Like, it just seems. So then he, and then, and then the mom like busts in because she's like, this is enough. And like, she sees the monster at the top of the stairs. And then the dad comes in and shoots it with the shotgun. And he was like, I told you that there was a monster in the fucking cellar. <laughs> and his dad's like, I believe you, son. Yeah. It's like, oh, now they're all buddies. Right. Like, and he's holding the child in his arms. The child that you left in there, by the way, screaming right. its head off. That's bad enough. Right. It's horrible. It's like, leave all the bad things in there. You know, I don't want to deal with a screaming child. I don't want to deal with a child who thinks there's a monster in the basement. Like, there's a lot of really funky shit going on around the house. Like, don't you think that maybe the oil and the crude come up through the ground might be a warning sign as to evil in the fucking neighborhood? People are disappearing. Animals are dying. Like, come on. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go on a dance. That was there. a yeah. That was a rant. <laughs> <laughs> so this, and this is your eight out of ten, huh? Yeah. This is your eight out of ten. Yeah, I liked it. Even with all those flaws, just flailing its arms no, in front it of your face. No, it was it was so bad. It's good. Okay. Oh, there, you're it. gonna hide behind that now. Yeah. Okay. I see how it is. I'm gonna use that against you now, bitch. <laughs> so, well, what are some things that you you loved about it? Like, what were some so bad it's good moments that you loved, Christina. Oh, I like the little side things like when the 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 cop guy was telling the kid that, you know, don't piss your pants. It looks like you piss your pants, you know? And then the dad takes the kid to work with him. Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah. And then Oh, that's right. Yeah, the father stood up for the son saying, "Don't tell him about his pissy pants or something like that." Yeah. And then he got back at the cop because he did like this big explosion. Well, it's like, and, and the kid pissed his pants because a fucking like monster tried to get him. Right. Like a legit reason. And like, I don't know. Right. I thought that was fun. But, what, what did he do to get him back though? You didn't explain it. Well, the cop was driving by. It wasn't a pond. cop. It wasn't a cop. It was his boss. Well, his boss. The dad's boss. But he was also a cop. But anyway, 
Um, he was driving by a pond, and then the the dad uh did this explosion, which made the pond blow up and got him all wet. Yeah, and muddy. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, you are fired. I want you off this site immediately. And he's like, yeah. Well, maybe you should not piss. You. You're all wet. What do you piss your pants? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the scene uh, with the, the the medicine man or whatever, the native guy who got his yeah, fingers pulled off? I and actually then... liked, I wish he would have actually saved them. I wish he didn't get killed off so soon. Right, I feel like it was a misdynamic that yeah. they could have kept in there. Yeah, But totally. I guess they wanted to make it seem like hope was dissolving right. around yeah, you. Yeah, because he was the only one who could have saved them and he's dead. Right. We're gonna, the monster killed him. Well, this isn't no fucking uh, <laughs> uh, poltergeist too. Let's put it that way. Oh, I never saw that. You never saw Poltergeist 2? No. The one with the medicine man? Nope. Pet Cemetery? No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No. You don't remember? Ha, child. (laughs) You don't remember? No, because I haven't seen it. God is in his holy temple. Father, father. Are you done? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really? You've never seen that? We need to watch no. that shit immediately, dude. Like, seriously, I need to watch that with you. I'm, I'm surprised by that. Anyway, yeah, I like this movie, but I didn't love it. Right. Christina apparently like just loves it. It's good. All right. It's fun. It's good watch. It's not boring. <laughs> it's not boring. Okay. So you you think, oh, oh, so oh, there's one thing I forgot to mention that we didn't talk about. At the very end, they blow up a whole fucking house, by the way. The kid right. rigged with dynamite, by the way. Right, with a remote tr- control car. A 12-year-old, okay? A fucking 12-year-old. Who uses a flamethrower, yeah. too. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, I guess he's a demolitions expert, you know what I mean? <laughs> Watch his dad a little bit, picked up a few things here yeah, and there. Yeah, well, remember when we first met the kid, he was in Chicago, and he he broke into a car to use, so he could plug in a soldering iron, so he could fix his remote control Right, car. he's not a normal so, kid. Yeah, he's not a normal kid. Apparently, after they blew up the house, like, before they shot the scene, because, you know, they all run out, like, the mom... Is running in the house when they're running out, and then she bumps into him, and then he, like, grabs the kid, and they run. Right. And then it explodes behind them. They, like, really did that, you know? Really? Yeah. And he was like, do you guys have knee pads? Like, and he was like, knee pads? Like, yeah, so that, you know, when we fall down on the ground. We'll be protected. Yeah, because there's, like, rocks everywhere, and it's hard on the ground. (laughs) They're like, yeah, we don't have those. And he was like, fuck. So all of them hated that. They had to fall down like at that moment and they could only get one shot with it. So they all did fall down. If you watch them, they fall very awkwardly. Yeah. Like they gingerly. Yeah, they did because I remember. Yeah, because you can kind of see like they didn't want to fall all their weight on right, their like knees. They, yeah. So they kind of like lay sideways yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they like wobbled down. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that they wobbled down. <laughs> and he said that because of that movie, he now brings his knee pads oh, knee with pads. him everywhere he goes. That's he said, good. he's like, they're in the car still now, actually, as a matter of fact, <laughs> because he doesn't want... Right, to fuck up his knees, man. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, I mean, he said it was, you know, it's a small budget film. So it's not right. like it's a big, big deal. But I thought, you know, and the other thing that was really funny is at the very end. So when they stand up and brush all the debris off him, the dad, of course, apologizes to his son. It's like, son, 
I'm really sorry. I didn't believe you. It's it's that I didn't want you to know that I was scared. And it's like, Dad learned a real lesson that day. Playing bad guy can be real addictive. <laughs> but it gets too real when you can't turn off the bad guy to believe your son who says when there's a demon under the house. So you threaten the mother and your newborn child and lock your older son in with the baby to die by the hands of your poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I just like, Jesus, dude. That was a meltdown from the dads. All because he was too scared to tell his son he's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) The character, not Kilpatrick. Kilpatrick's the shit. (laughs) Don't you fucking say otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this show for this week. I know I got a little carried away at the end there. Christina was like, I don't know what's going on. Where am I? Where am I? She's got piss all over the floor. She's got her pee pants on. So I'm just waiting. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, thank you guys so much for stopping by this week. So next week, we're going to do a couple of comedy films that are very tongue in cheek and kind of, uh, One of them actually came out last year and has taken its time to come to uh, the distribution of the United States and such. It's a UK film actually called Benny Loves You about a killer doll. And I've heard some really good things about it from a lot of different people. And a lot of people really enjoyed it. Some are kind of on the fence, but a lot are really saying that this is one of the best films, uh, Mm -hmm. comedy films of the year. And this year has been by far... One of the best comedy horror films, uh, you know, in a while. You know, it's predominantly comedy horror. Mm-hmm. So we got Benny Loves You coming out on May 11th on VOD. So if you want to watch it, Bree, before we do the next episode. And then we'll match that with like Hell's Kitty, which we got from Wild Eye Releasing. They had a sale for like $5 on their DVDs. Uh, and we'll do more of their films later on. But we'll do Hell's Kitty first, which is about a demonic possessed cat. Yes, I love that. This pussy's possessed is what it said on the back. <laughs> so uh, I've been wanting to see these two films. So also keep an eye out on the YouTube. And don't forget... To sign up for the Long Live the Void contest that we got, it's free. All you got to do is put your email, your information down. Don't put a fake shit down because it's just not going to help you. It's just going to get kicked out and I won't even see it. It'll automatically unsubscribe you if you spam it, unsubscribed, all of that. So just uh, make sure that uh, you fill that out before Friday at midnight, Mountain Standard Time. And then we'll call a winner next Monday for the seller and see who's the winner. So good luck to you guys. Thanks for stopping by. And as always, along with the voice.